The President of the Federated States of Micronesia has told Lydia Lewis his country could be staring down a fiscal cliff if the U.S. Congress doesn't approve its Compact of Free Association urgently. The Federated States of Micronesia started its new administration in May, led by President Wesley Simina. At the tail end of the Pacific Islands Forum Leaders Summit in Rarotonga, he sat down with Lydia, who started off by asking about domestic issues. The United States and the Federated States of Micronesia were able to sign off on our uh, Compact of Free Association. But, you know, it has to go through Congress for its approval because of the funding and other uh, requirements of the U.S. laws. So our part is done. Our Congress has ratified it. Our state governments have approved it, endorsed it, and we have sent it to the uh, FSA, I mean U.S. Congress. And now it's with them. But given the you know, situation in their own Congress, uh, uh, it's kind of held up. But right now we're hopeful because in, hopefully in the next few weeks or few days uh, it will be introduced as uh, for the U.S. Congress to consider. So we're hopeful that pretty soon we will have uh, some funding sources through that uh, compact uh, mechanism. And what are the implications if it doesn't happen soon? What are you working out within your government at the moment and what measures are you putting in place? Well, if nothing works out, if the US Congress uh, does not approve it in time, uh, we're faced with a fiscal cliff. That means we will have to find sources from uh, uh, different sources of funding. And that's not uh, out there available immediately. So. Uh, what we understand is that the U.S. Congress also understands that situation and they're working very hard. And we're very grateful that even during this uh, situation they're faced with in the partisanship in the U.S. Congress, that is one issue they have agreement on. The Republicans, the Democrats, the Senate and the House, they actually have, uh, you know, agreement on working to push approval of the Compact of Free Association. So for that, we're grateful to the United States Congress for its... What are your priorities for this term? Well, for this term, uh, if you had noticed uh, during my inaugural address, I used uh, one phrase, and that is, our unity is our strength and our prosperity. And what I meant by that is that the unity of our four states, because we have four states in our uh, uh, nation, and we have to unite them. We have to find the common crowns that will keep us together. So we're working on that uh, very hard. And uh, we understand a lot of these common uh, things that run through our four states are similar things. Because they're islands, you know, climate change is a huge problem. Infrastructure is also a huge problem, both in physical and other uh, ways. So we're, we're trying to make sure that we get through that, at least trying to keep our the ropes of unity, yeah, to keep tying up our uh, states. And from that, we are also looking at our own region, the Micronesian region. We have five governments to deal with, and being the chairman of the NPS, uh, I am very mindful of that. So. That kind of unity we want to also bring out to the, uh, our Micronesian region as well. And of course, from there, we want to move to the Pacific region.
So it's, it is something that we're uh, really, my, mid, my being here, my first time, I'm very happy to learn that the Pacific Way is working. Yes. So that's how we want to uh, look at things at this point. Your predecessor, President Panuelo, highlighted some very damning allegations of external powers before he, he left office. Have you felt those pressures from China or external powers? Well, thank you for that question, because I'm, I'm sure that's something that's been going around. But I cannot speak to what my predecessor, uh, President Panuel, said. I don't know or where he got those uh, mm. claims from. Maybe he had his sources. Mm. But for me at this time, we have no evidence of any of such, those things, whether they existed or not. That's, that's not there out there for us to see immediately. Have you <coughs> felt any external pressure? Uh, not really. Uh, China, for your information, uh, People's Republic of China is a very good friend of the Federated States of Micronesia. We have diplomatic ties with them. So we operate within the norms of uh, diplomatic relationships. So there is, I don't see nor, nor do I feel any kind of pressure that some may have uh, thought were there or happened to them. So that, that much uh, I don't know. And what about relations with Taiwan? We have our economic relations with uh, Taiwan too. Uh, we sent uh, people there for business purposes, for economic purposes. So there is ongoing, uh, you know, uh, exchanges of uh, our business people going there. Uh, so we don't have any issue with uh, Taiwan. Also, I mean, they have their own. Two of our government uh, friends in uh, with the freely associated states, Palau and. The Marshals, they have a relationship with Taiwan, and we have no objection, we have no problem with them. Have you had any pressure, though, from um, People's Republic of China not to have relations with Taiwan? Well, you know, we have the one-China policy, and there is that element of there. Mm. So whatever that uh, one-China policy entails, we, we follow it, because that's mm. part of our diplomatic relations with uh, uh, People's Republic of China. Thank you. And now moving on to the COVID recovery, um, many of the other Prime Ministers and Presidents that I've spoken with here say that the COVID recovery is a, an uphill battle. Oh, there is no, no question that uh, the impact of COVID-19 was real for us economically, socially and all this. But uh, I would say the Federated States of Micronesia was one of the luckiest uh, uh, nations in the Pacific because uh, we took... Uh, quick action in locking down uh, our uh, nation borders. And uh, it was President Banuelo who started that, and the Congress, I was the speaker then of the FSM Congress, and we uh, made sure that those, uh, uh, you know, restrictions are in place. And we were one, uh, I think almost three years, we were in, uh, in a lockdown. And that also uh, didn't help. Yes, that means we need to bring in uh, commodities, uh, supplies, and all those things. So it really impacted our economy, especially in the tourism area. <clears throat> but fortunately for us, we had a little money that uh, we set aside for these things. And Congress, our FSM Congress, appropriated those fundings. And then we had assistance from ADB and, of course, the U.S. 
And what happened is that during that lockdown, we were able to uh, vaccinate our citizens way up, so the vaccinations were very high. So when that COVID-19 actually came in, the impact was minimal. It wasn't that much. There were a few people who died, but maybe old people or people who were already uh, sick. <laughs> so we were very fortunate that we were able to uh, put in place some uh, restrictive means or some means to uh, combat the uh, impact of uh, COVID-19. What is the deficit following COVID-19 and how do you plan on building back and recovering? Well, for us, uh, of course, the uh, tourism industry is, uh, you know, uh, private. Those are private businesses, hotels, you know, dive shops, uh, those kind of restaurants. So what we did is that we provided, I think, about uh, 70, 14 million to 15 million from our own, uh, you know, uh, local revenue. So that kind of helped those uh, businesses, the hotels, uh, restaurants, who were impacted by the closure, huh? the lockdown of our uh, borders. And uh, what happened is that after, uh, during that same time, like the uh, uh, ADP also provided some grants, some funding, so we were able to support those people who became unemployed because of the... So there was those assistance that came in uh, at the time, so we were able to continue to uh, support our tourism uh, industry. And right now, we just continue to make sure that the tourism tourists come back, all these things. So we're working on transportation and to see if they can bring, in, bring back the tourists that we lost uh, during the COVID. What's your predominant market? I, I don't think it'd be easy for me to get there from out there. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's why this kind of uh, meetings that we have is very the connectivity eh? mm. is very important to us, and it's not just connectivity in terms of the transport of goods and supplies, but also transport of people like tourism. So we're really exploring all the different uh, options that are out there. We're visiting all these different uh, <coughs> countries with airlines. We're also establishing our own transportation task force. They will look at all the different options, airlines, sea transport, to see how we can put together a package that would develop and become uh, you know, uh, useful in the uh, transportation uh, industry. Yes. And as I'm speaking with you, we're at the Pacific Islands Forum. and. Being such a significant figure in the Micronesian bloc, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what transpired. Is there going to need to be an apology from any of the leaders to Nauru because of what has transpired, or where does it sit at the moment? Give me a lay of the land. Apology for what? The fact that Nauru left, I'm wondering whether or not they need an apology for something if any of the other leaders have you know, question them on issues that they didn't see fit in terms of the appointment of Baron Wanga? Oh, well, as the, for the issue of uh, the appointment of uh, Baron Wanga, that's already a done deal. It's something that's already done. So we were not looking at that. We're looking at our process moving forward into the future. For example, appointment of next uh, uh, SG, if it comes to that after uh, 
the terms of Bangka's terms are up. And of course, we are also looking at <coughs> how to, uh, you know, make sure that strengthen the uh, the framework that we put together under the SUFA yeah. uh, premises. Then that means the establishment of the offices and the employees of those offices. So those are the kind of things we were discussing. What was it that went wrong and needs changing for next time? Well, I'm not sure there was anything uh, that. Uh, went wrong with the uh, uh, with the appointment uh, but the process itself because of the special circumstances of the time so they kind of rushed and put together something uh, package that we know it's a work in progress mm. so that's exactly what happened so we were discussing how to strengthen like I said to make sure that uh, something like what happened before would not happen again and we want to make sure that the SUFA will be a model that will be used throughout the uh, uh, life of uh, PIF, so uh, we're, we're hopeful that that will be the kind of things to be based. As you know, it's not, like I mentioned, it's not only the, on the local domestic level, but also on the uh, regional level. We want to make sure that those kind of unity, solidarity will remain in place for as long as we have the Pacific to be called home. And the release of treated nuclear wastewater by Japan, is the Federated States of Micronesia for or against this release and why? Well, uh, you might have heard that my predecessor made a very strong statement in the UNG uh, when he was there and uh, then that, that position has evolved. Right now we are looking at our position to be based on science whatever the scientific uh, recommendations and that's where we are right now we're just and the thing that we were more concerned about right now is how to uh, make sure that the monitoring is very effective and timely so we can continue to deal with Japan and we also ask Japan to embed into the palm agenda every year uh, the uh, discussion of uh, this uh, issue on uh, nuclear waste.